everyone. This is Boris Jackson with Religion, Economics, and Politics. And thank you again for joining us uh, for another podcast. You know, this evening, I want to talk about alternative reality. It seems like uh, these days we're living in all sorts of alternative realities. Everyone has their own truth. Everyone has their own facts. Uh, you know, anything that's even credible uh, right now, is they're, they're terming it fake news. That's another topic uh, for another podcast. But I want to delve into uh, alternative reality and, and what that actually means to us and how that creates a dangerous situation for our lives. So let's look at the word reality and, and as the Webster Dictionary defines it. So reality is defined as the, the world or the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. So basically what that says here, you know, you cannot create your own reality. Uh, now that is what we call an alternative reality because reality is based on what? The state of things as they actually exist. Let's back up and look at the word real and what does real actually mean? Real says that this is something that actually exists uh, or as a thing occurs in fact. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for fact means truth or true. And the definition goes on to say, uh, it's not imagined or supposed. So this is not an assumption. This is not something that we think up out of thin air. Reality and things that are real are tangible things that can be proven as they actually exist in this world. Now, in the world of psychology, uh, if you create an alternative world, uh, they would say that you've kind of lost touch with reality or you're untethered to uh, the real world. You know, Satan's job since the beginning has been to attack the truth and to get us to accept an alternative reality, an alternative to the reality that God has created for us. Now, we know that uh, God did not uh, wish that we would live in lack or that we would have poor mental health or that we would constantly live in a state of struggle. So we know that when God created man and placed him in the Garden of Eden, that was not his original plan that we would actually leave out of the Garden of Eden and enter into a fallen state, a state where we would be ravaged with disease and have to work by the sweat of our brow and, and we would constantly be tormented uh, by Satan, our accuser. That is not or was not the original intent of God. That was not the reality that he chose for us, but yet and still we chose an alternative reality for our lives. Let's take, take a step back and let's look at where this all began, the alternative reality. Now, Satan sets up the alternative reality in the Garden of Eden when he first encounters Eve 
Let's take a look at it. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Now, Satan is crafty because he knows God's word. Now, he knows that is not what God said. He's laying a trap for Eve. So Eve entertains the serpent and she responds. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Now, I don't think that's what God said. And let me prove it to you so you know that I'm just not making up my own facts. Let's back up to Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Now, this is where God is talking to Adam, because remember, Eve was not created just yet. So God is giving this command to Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So looks like Eve added a few things here. So she says, we may eat from the trees in the garden. Now, she kind of paraphrased and, and kind of watered down God's word here because God said, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But here's the next part. She goes on and she says, and here's where she adds her own part to it. And you must not touch it or you will die. Now, let me tell you why that's important, because Satan recognizes when you have added to the word or taken away or you've paraphrased. Words are very powerful, my friend. So if you go into a court of law, you have to cite that law and you cannot make up things or add to the law or, or deconstruct it in any way that makes it not true or a statement of fact according to the law. You will lose your case that way. As a matter of fact, you can get your case totally thrown out. But I digress. Let's look at what Satan says here. Recognizing Eve's lack of knowledge pertaining to God's word. He says, you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God knowing good and evil. So see, Satan knows the word. He actually quotes the word back to her. He knows that God didn't say that if you touch it, you're going to surely die. And he actually corrects her and says, for God knows that when ye eat from it, your eyes will be open. So he says it's when you eat from it. But he also takes that knowledge and he uses it for his own selfish and conniving purpose and says, 
that your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, what happens next? Hearing all of this, Eve internalizes this and she is now tempted. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, we could go into a whole nother sermon about the significance of Adam eating the fruit. But what I will say is this. We know that when Adam ate the fruit, it caused the downfall or the fallen state of man. They began to live, we as human beings began to live in an alternative state. We all know that God did not create us to live in a fallen state. God did not create us to live in a state in which our bodies would be ravaged by disease. God did not create us to live in a state where we would constantly live in lack and, and struggle and have to toil all of our lives. God placed us in the perfect atmosphere or ethos where he could take care of us and we wouldn't have to deal with all of the month-to-month -month things that we're dealing with now. So at that moment, man made the choice to listen to Satan, accept an alternative reality in our minds, which then caused us to act upon our own selfish desires and bring about an alternative reality in our lives. Now, we do it every day, and we rationalize with ourselves or within ourselves based on our own selfish desires. And you name it, any situation, I, I, I guarantee you we've had a conversation in our minds and rationalized something, and we could actually see it in our head. We could actually see ourselves doing whatever it was that we wanted to do. I'm not calling out any names. I'm not uh, pointing a finger at anyone. I'm just saying we all have fallen short of the glory of God, and how we got there was a lot of it started with within our own minds. Satan threw that idea out there. He threw that temptation our way. We entertained it. We started to internalize it. We started to visualize it. We started to see it. We started to walk through that reality, or that alternative reality in our minds, and then we acted on it. We acted on it. And it led to us living an alternative reality in our lives, and we end up dealing with the consequences. I'll give you a prime example. When it comes to God uh, having a different plan for us, but based on our free will, we chose an alternative reality. Now, how many times you as a parent, you willed or purposed something else for your children you want them to have a good life, productive life. You want them to be safe. You didn't want them to end up on drugs. You didn't want them to be exposed to certain things in this life and, and go through certain things. 
but they made their own choice and chose an alternative reality to that of which you ordained for them or purpose for them to live. I know I'm not the only one. You know, I, I, I may have had plans for my kids to do certain things. I want them to go to college or, you know, do other things in life, but they had a different path that they wanted to go down. Some of us, it may be even more serious. Uh, maybe your children may have become addicted to uh, drugs. Maybe they have turned to a life of crime. Maybe they have turned to a, a life of just self-destructiveness. Maybe they have just turned to a life to where it seems like they're not getting anything in life done. They're not just not going to be productive. That is certainly not what you ordained for your children. Well, it's the same way when it comes to God and us, his children. I can tell you right now that if you are living in lack and you got more month than you got more paycheck, that is not the reality that God wants us to live in. That is an alternative reality. If we are living in a state where we're constantly depressed and having suicidal thoughts, that is living in an alternative reality. That is not a reality that God created for us. So now that we know all of this, what, what is it? that we can do to try to turn our lives around and live that reality. Look, let me tell you, it's simple. We need to renew our minds daily. Why? We need to renew our minds daily so that we may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will for our lives. And then and then only will we start to live in the reality that God ordained for us to have. A lot of times, I, I'm telling you, we create our own problems. A lot of times, we can be our own worst enemies. Let me tell you, you have power over Satan. The Bible says power of life and death is in the tongue. We have created a lot of our own alternative realities, sometimes based on rebellion, sometimes based on just a lack of knowledge. Sometimes, you know, just because, you know, we just fell into a situation uh, to no fault of our own and, and we were just gullible in the situation. We've all been there. But I want to issue a challenge to you over the next 30 days. First off, start by changing your mind. The Bible says, as the man thinketh, so is he. And the Bible also says that when you change your mind, you repent or you turn away. So I want us to repent for not totally trusting in God and listening to outside forces, uh, reasonings, philosophies, whatever it may have been. I want us to repent from that. Truly ask for God's forgiveness. And I want us to get to know him by reading his word daily. 
Remember, renewing our minds daily. In order to do that, we got to read the word. Dedicate at least 30 minutes a day. Get yourself a good devotional. Next, prayer. We need to pray. And I, I remember uh, an old song by MC Hammer called We Need to Pray Just to Make It Today. He had the correct uh, thought on that. I agree. We, we need to pray to make it today. There's a lot of truth in that. And over the next 30 days, I guarantee you, you will start to see your life transform from your old way of thinking. And when you change your thinking, you're going to change the things that you do. Your atmosphere is going to change. The people that you hung around, uh, they won't necessarily want to hang around you anymore if they're not interested in changing either. Because darkness and light cannot coexist. I want you then to send me your testimonials. You can send those testimonials to me at contact at repodcast.com. Contact at repodcast.com. We don't have to live in an alternate reality anymore and just realize that everything that's going on in your life, if it's not aligned with the word of God, if it's not aligned with the purpose of will of God for your life, you're living in an alternative reality and you don't have to accept it. You don't have to deal with that from this moment forward. And I want to take this opportunity also to pray with you before uh, I close out uh, this podcast. If you don't know the Lord or if you've lost your way, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, you said in your word that if I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day, if I accept you as Lord in my life, that I will be saved and that I will have everlasting life and not perish. If you pray that prayer and you meant it, you meant it in your heart of hearts, you are saved. Next, I would say get into a Bible-based church. It's very important that you do that. Find a mentor in that church to help you uh, on your walk, in your new journey. If you don't have a church and you need some recommendations, again, you can contact me at contact at repodcast.com. And I'll be more than happy to suggest a church for you or to put someone in contact with you right away. Right away. I would love to hear from you. Again, let's change our reality to that which God has ordained for us to live. You do not have to live an alternative reality. Remember, folks, four plus four is eight. There are no alternative facts to that. Anything else is just fake news. You all be blessed, be encouraged. We'll see you next time on Religion, Economics, and Politics.